Welcome back to Grunts in Appalachia. This is John Kramer, and today I am doing a special edition podcast at the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off for Heart of Phoenix Equine Rescue, and this is not going to be our typical podcast. It's actually going to be clean. There's not going to be anything in this one, so everyone can share this and, and enjoy it with your family on a ride home from work or going to school. Our first guest is one of the judges here today, and his name is Michael Lyons. Uh, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you? I'll turn you back on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Mike, how did you find out about the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off? Well, I actually was invited to judge the very first one. Okay. So I've been here, I think this is my fifth or sixth year here, and uh, I told, I've only taken one year off uh, from judging because I just had conflicting things, but I've been here since the beginning. So That's awesome. And and what is, what is it that draws you? I know you're you're a big name in the horse world. Tania has, has found awesome people to be judges here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, a wonderful event in what she's done. And it's a great thing what they're doing and a great mission. Absolutely. So is that the reason why you got involved with this? Because you believe in the mission that yep. they're that they're doing? Yep, a thousand percent. I think that uh, what's what she wanted to build uh, originally is really starting to really take root now. And we're seeing these uh, trainers, young trainers coming out here and making really positive changes on these horses. And the growth uh, of the trainers and the horses that are getting put out is phenomenal. That's one of the biggest things we actually have commented on multiple times this this go round is uh, Patrick, uh, the other judge that's been with me since the beginning. Uh, we've just noticed amazing growth, and that's been that's been the coolest thing because, you know, some of these horses get overlooked, and they, uh, you know, they can actually be really really nice nice horses. And they have two different divisions. They got an amateur and a pro. So yep. when you're judging, uh, what's how much more stringent are you on the pros than you are on the amateurs? It's pretty. Uh, they have it laid out for us that it's pretty. Um, pretty easy to judge it because we're just looking for technical skills, communication skills, things like that. So that kind of goes throughout all walks of life. So um, the amateurs, uh, sometimes they have room for growth and in those places, pros too. I mean, uh, I myself even, I continue ed and try to go to clinics to get better every time I uh, get out there and do things like that. So I think it's important for all of us to leave room for growth and to take the time to uh, continue our education and go through. So it's really very easy for us to judge you know going through because the maneuvers that they're doing are simple enough but hard enough that uh, there's a lot of room uh, to judge it well and um, not have any any uh, wiggle room in it. That's really awesome. Now showing up later as I did, I, I caught the freestyle. Yeah. So I guess that's like the, the pinnacle yeah. of, of everything. That's where they get yeah. to showcase everything that they train the horses on. Uh, what other events do they put on prior to the freestyle that you go yeah. judge? So we do a technical portion in the very beginning and um, that's normally on Thursday for us. And then uh, on Friday we do a trail portion. So the technical is kind of the boring maneuvers, right? So the things that the horse has to be required to do to be a well-broke horse to um, you know come out here and showcase themselves as such and then the trail the trail is fun because you get to see this horse go through actual maneuvers that we're gonna put them to the test on um, out in the uh, out in the world and where they're actually going for and one of the biggest things that uh, I like to try to bring back to these guys and remind them of every year is who are we training the horses for? You know, we're we're not training them all for ourselves. We're training them for the adopters and uh, the people out there that just want to enjoy having a really nice horse to go work with. Absolutely. And where did you uh, where did you come from to to, tra- to uh, judge this? Okay, so I'm from North Carolina. So I've lived there for uh, about 
eight years now and uh, originally from Colorado so I've kind of come all the way across country and uh, wound up in West Virginia judging. So. We have a little more water over here right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a lot nicer. You ain't kidding. You um, ain't kidding. Mike, it's awesome that it's what you guys do out here, coming out here, giving your time and, and, and helping these younger trainers become where they want to get to because I know absolutely. a lot of these people, this is what they want to do for their livelihood yeah, and this is this is an awesome showcase for it. So it is. Thanks great for doing this, and uh, greatly appreciate All you, man. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, our second judge we're interviewing today is Carl Bledsoe. How you doing, Carl? I'm doing really good. Awesome. And uh, where did you come from to judge this? I came from a little town north of Atlanta, Georgia, called Talking Rock. Okay, I've so actually I've been through Georgia, but I've never heard of that. I've gone through Atlanta a lot. We're about 70 miles due north of Atlanta, right okay. on the edge of the North Georgia mountains. So what is that? About a seven-hour car ride for you here? Here, yes. Okay. Yep. Nice. Um, and how did you hear about the Appalachian Trainer Face Off? You know, funny enough, I followed the Appalachian Face Off on social media for a couple of years. But earlier this year, I was a, a presenter, a clinician at the horse, uh, not the horse world, the Southern Equine Expo in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Tania drove all the way down there to watch me present because somebody had told her that I might be a good candidate to judge this thing. And after she saw my presentation down there, she immediately came over to my booth and asked me if I'd be interested in coming and, and participating. And of course, I'm always glad to kind of give back. So you, aside from this, you're a competitor as well? No. No? I used to compete, but I got out of the competition years ago, and I, I lean more towards education and helping people understand the animals. Well, that's great. That, that brings me right into my next question. These trainers out here at the Appalachian Training Face, they're, they're particularly young trainers, up and coming. They're, they're trying to make a name for right. themselves. What are you looking for in a trainer, or what do you want to teach a trainer to get them to the next level? Partnership. The relationship with the animal means more than any precise movement you can mean. If the animal believes in you, they will give you their heart and soul. If you're, if you're trying to train this animal just to win on the technical end, it will never happen for you. You've got to build a relationship with that animal just like you do with your, your friends. Okay, and so. as, as I was talking to uh, Michael, he was telling me uh, the technical portion of the, the competition here at the ATFO and how it's more of the, the boring, the movements. And yes. I, I showed up for the freestyle today, so right. I got to see the, the pinnacle yeah. of everything. Well, but. The, you know, the crowd, that's what fills the seats up, the flash and bang of, of the, the freestyle. And you it's got to be a part of it, but, but really and truthfully, for these horses to be a adopted out there's some things that they have to be able to do they have to have a skill set because they might wind up with somebody that doesn't have a skill set so I'm looking for the horse to be balanced mentally and physically in that skill set technically and being in the educational side of it now uh, that, that rings true because a lot of people don't realize they think of a dog or a horse they think of an animal they don't think of that animal as being an athlete that's and exactly what they there's are. some horses that can do certain things that other horses can't. Exactly. And the horse does not see the world the same way the human does. They know how to be a horse really well, so you have to understand the psychology of the horse to be able to influence what they do. So my hat's off to these trainers because we've seen a pretty good bunch of horses that's got a decent enough skill set that they probably will go on and, and do good in life. And is it impressive to you to see rescue horses, horses that have been neglected? I know I heard Tania say at one point about an Arabian that it had been in a stall yeah. for six years and never yeah. seen sunlight, and now here it is at a competition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's mind Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and, and you know, that's, that, that's a Cinderella story within itself because typically, well, I mean, you look at people, people that are in, have been put in prison for years, they become institutionalized and they can't function 
out of the institution. And for that animal to be that long and that stalled and to get out and to be able to do what he did here today is phenomenal. That's that's exactly what I say. And I've heard trainers prior to this say we are impressed at the at the value that these animals Absolutely. bring. Absolutely. Because these these typically, I mean, throwing up quotation marks are the throwaways that yeah. people didn't want anymore. Well, you know you say that, but but I mean look at the Mustangs and, and some of the stuff they're doing. Oh yeah, I wasn't thinking about the Mustangs. So, so, so uh, you don't have to have a high bred, high dollar animal to have a good mind. And that's what these trainers are doing. They are making these animals be worth something. Absolutely. Well, Carl, thank you for coming out today and thank you for doing this and spending your time on this weekend to come out and, and judge this for well, You're this welcome. Is, it's been a lot of fun. I, we greatly appreciate thank you. you so thank much. you so much. Thank you. It's wonderful meeting you. You too. All right, our third judge we have today is Pat Roberts. How are you doing today, Pat? I'm doing great. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, I came a long ways to do this. That was going to be my first question. How far did you travel to come here and be a judge? I came from California. Oh, wow. Near Santa Barbara. That's yeah, awesome. Santa Inez Valley, yeah. Sunny California, back to all the way to West Virginia. I know. <laughs> um, how did you hear about the Appalachian Trail Face-Off? Uh, actually, Tania and... Uh, um, Two others. Uh, who was it? Was Adam Black and Adam and uh, uh, Susan. Susan. Okay. Yeah. And that's when it, is that when they came out to your they clinic? They came out in uh, February, I believe. Yeah. I remember when they did. They were very excited to come out to your farm because yeah. uh, I know now. Monty's your husband, correct? That's correct. Okay, so they went out there for a big clinic, and, and that's how that's how they roped you into coming back to West well, Virginia. I, I guess so. I guess <laughs> they thought about that or something. Anyway, uh, I, I'm glad I, I accepted. Well, we're glad you're here too. Well, thank you. Thank you. What is what's the thing that stands out to you most at the Appalachian Trainer Face Off with the young trainers? What's the thing that you would like to tell them in their journey getting to that professional level of, of being able to support themselves off training horses? I I, I would definitely suggest that they uh, stick with basics more than try to razzle dazzle particularly like today in the freestyle mm -hmm. I, I think the the simpler and well done uh, maneuvers outnumber the other ones that try to do a lot and, and razzle dazzle the crowd but I think we we as judges I think appreciated more uh, uh, preciseness and uh, and of course we all of us really uh, uh, when we were judging, if we saw a rider that rode his horse with soft hands, uh, that really that appealed to us a lot, and probably uh, we gave points for that. That's cool. And as judges, you guys pick up on things that people like me don't pick up on because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not a horse person. So when you're saying soft hands, and I know the one thing that I hear all the time is heels down, heels down, heels oh, down. Yeah. And uh, I have taken a couple lessons, and that's heels down, heels down. And, and to me, I was just like, okay, man, I, I got it. And you don't get it. I mean, as a newbie, you don't get it. You, you sit there and you're like, all right. And you have to think about it mentally. So for me, watching people that can actually train these animals is incredible because I can't train a dog. And I look at a horse and I, and, and I look at people like the, the judges here and you yeah. all are very well known in the, in the horse world and I think it's awesome that you all gave your time to come here today and participate with something that a lot of people look at as rescue horses as the throwaways. That's correct. And, and I'm glad to see people are coming out here and supporting it. Well, what you're doing is really fantastic. I've never seen such a dedicated group of volunteers and everyone from the top to the bottom 
seem to have their heart in this, and I really commend you all for doing this because there is a need to uh, transition like thoroughbreds off the track to a new way of, of living and stop the uh, slaughter of horses. You know, it's really important to us to give people uh, opportunities to enjoy the horses and let the horses have an enjoyable life after they've given so much to us. Absolutely, and, and you saying that makes me think that a lot of people look at horses as another animal. Being involved in horse rescue that I was early on, I'm not very much anymore, but being involved early, I came to realize that horses built America. I mean, they they, right. they built America and they deserve that honor and that respect. I, I kind of look at them as the same as being a veteran myself. I was going to just say that. It's yeah. like our veterans, you yeah. know? I mean, without our veterans, where would we be? Exactly. Without the veteran, without horses building this country and getting it to where it's at, they deserve it. They, they rate that second chance to to get home they and, do. and have a great life. Yeah, they do. But yeah. Pat, thank you so much for flying all the way from California <laughs> to, to the, the great state of West Virginia to, to judge this. And uh, I know Tamiya is very appreciative for you doing it, and I am as well. Thank and, you. And thank you very much. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for have inviting me. And have a great weekend. All right. Thank you. I already have. <laughs> So our fourth and final judge is the only one that I actually have have been around. We've actually drank margaritas together before at a Mexican restaurant. Uh, Patrick King, how you doing, Patrick? I'm doing well, John. Thank AKA you. He smiles. He's always smiling. He's, you're like me, man. Like we're always always smiling. Right. right. It makes people mad, but it also makes other people happy. It does. That's so what it's I believe. All about. In, I believe in it. But Patrick, how did you get roped into doing this every year? Oh God, every year. Yeah, we were actually just talking about that, and we've uh, we've sorted out. This is my fourth year judging this. Um, and yeah, I don't remember exactly how I got roped into it, but uh, I got started with Heart of Phoenix several years ago now. Um, they hosted a clinic for me, and or a clinic with me. And after that, the opportunity was presented for me to judge, and I just jumped right on it. You know, I really love what the organization's doing, what they stand for, and all the people and horses that they're helping. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer to, to agree to come on and do this. And every year, it just keeps improving, and I'm, I'm just really grateful to be able to be a part of this with you guys. Well, that's, that's awesome. And where did you come from to uh, judge today? Uh, for this, uh, this weekend, uh, we were at home in Virginia. Uh, so it's just a few hours drive here. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. that's cool. Now, you've been doing this for four years. What And you were talking about improvement. What have you seen? Have you seen improvement in the, the, the quality of trainers coming through, horses coming through? What, what's the uh, what's the, the pinnacle for you at this, at this event? What I've loved is every year we see the horsemanship improve. We've seen the trainers improve, the trainers that return and the trainers that sign on that are new trainers each year. The the level of their training, their development has, has jumped each year considerably. Um, and that, of course, is, is helping turn around better products, right, as far as better educated horses uh, as they go. And the professionalism of the trainers as they come into this, as they kind of get used to the ecosystem of the competition and things like that, it's, it's just been really great to see that. And, and even as far as how the event is run, you know, as, uh, as Heart of Phoenix gets more experience putting this on every single year, I walk away from this saying, I don't know how you guys are going to make this any better next year. You know, they ask for feedback. What would you change? What do we need to fix? Like, you guys are nailing it. You know, it's like, I can't really think of anything to tell them to improve, and every year it keeps getting better. So that's a testament to the team, really. I think the biggest thing that I've seen in just the running of it overall since I've been here every year is the time. Like, they've gotten better moving things forward. Absolutely. And that, that for a lot of people, keeps the crowd here and, and keeps people involved, and I think it, that that's a great aspect to what they've done. Um, 
Patrick, you have been involved with Heart of Phoenix now for what, five years? I believe so, five or five six. Five years, okay. So what have you seen in the organization that you love about it? Why do you keep coming back is basically what I'm saying. I know a lot of people, I've heard them say, we'll work with Heart of Phoenix because they do what they say they're gonna do. And that's really, I know in animal rescue that can be a big deal for mm -hmm. a lot of people. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's the, the reach and the care uh, as far as the people not only caring about the horses, but also caring about the people. Right, the growth, the constant growth that I see in the uh, the caretakers, in the organization itself, in the uh, level of horsemanship, and that's you know that's what we're all about is the horsemanship side of things. And so seeing that constant improvement in the horsemanship all the way around in every aspect of this is is it's so great to see, and it's really uh, rewarding to be able to be part of it. That's awesome, well, Patrick. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for taking your weekend and coming down here and spending your time to judge all these rescue horses that are having awesome trainers and doing great great things out here no, today. Absolutely. We it's an honor and a pleasure. Man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and start going down the line of some of the trainers that are here today. And we're starting off with Patrick Sullivan and his horse's name was Guinness, which that's right up my alley, man. I mean, I'm a beer drinker and I love some Guinness, especially you throw some black and like black and tans are my thing. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome. So uh, what got you involved in this? Honestly, the name Guinness is my favorite name too. That's why I picked him. So I'm all about it. But honestly, uh, Tania contacted me a couple weeks ago before the competition. was like, hey, look, I would love to have you participate because we took in Armani, one of her uh, horses that were from our rescue program in January, and I knew they were coming up to this competition, and my fiance wanted to participate, and I was like, you know, anything to give back to some rescue horses that wouldn't have a chance otherwise. So you and your fiance are both horse trainers? That's correct. Yep. That's awesome. Is that what you do for a full-time job? That's what we do for, for a full-time job. We travel the country teaching people about liberty, so connecting with your horse without ropes. That's awesome. And uh, I actually did your intro for you. That was, that you was pretty funny. You were my hero. <laughs> that was funny. And you were the best. Like Everyone was like, who is that announcer? Is he a professional? <laughs> I'll say what I what I noticed about you out there that you have a showmanship that a lot of the other competitors didn't. While they're amazing horse trainers, you did an awesome job with the training of your horse, but you were also a showman, which to me that's that's a big deal when it comes to crowd pleasing. Yes, and I think that's cool. But uh, I missed all of the technical stuff because that to me I, I don't know what I'm looking at anyways. But I did catch the freestyles, and I think you did a great job. And I want to know what was your favorite aspect about going through this 100-day process with the horse that you got? Well, probably being able to follow along with all the other people going through the same thing that we're going through because this competition is tough. It's a lot of ups and downs with your horses, and there's a lot of good days, but there's a lot of bad days. And, and just seeing that other people that are going through the same thing that you are and knowing that horse training isn't something that just happens overnight. It's You develop a relationship, and you try to get little results here and there, and you hope it comes around in, in time for this competition. But that's probably my favorite part of the whole thing was just being able to relate to the other competitors and see where they're at with their horses and be able to support each other. Have you found that this has been a very good networking event for other horse trainers and yourself? Oh, it's been huge because I'm from Texas, you know, we live in Texas, and we're such a long way from West Virginia, we don't really get to associate with a lot of trainers out here, and it's so nice to see the high level of trainers that are, you know, partaking in things like this, and you can see it in the arena, the high level of, uh, you know, opportunity that they're getting, giving for their horses. And do you plan on making a return visit? I would love to. I think next year might be tough because we're getting married, actually, uh, but I would love to come back. Thank you very much, because, I mean, if you know Hop is one of the biggest, best rescues in the whole nation, I work with a lot of 
them. And uh, I just don't think I can say no if they ask me that. That's yeah. awesome. Well, Patrick, we're, we're glad to have you here as a competitor this year. And uh, best of luck to you. I know the judges are, are scoring everything or everything's already scored and they're going to be calling a name here soon. So well, well, thank uh, you very much. Best of luck to you. Yes, sir. All right, so now I'm sitting here with uh, two-time Pro Division winner Adam Black from the ATFO. How you doing, Adam? Good. How are you? Oh, you know I'm doing fantastic always. Um, so you've won this twice. Uh -huh. How many years have you have you participated in it? Uh, so I've been involved uh, with this for this. This will be the sixth year. Uh, the second year I was a judge, and um, after that they uh, asked me back as a competitor. So I've been back ever since. Which which do you prefer, competitor or judge? I think competitor. Um, yeah. You know I like the challenge of it. So uh, I and I do a little better um, judging myself versus, I guess, somebody else. I hear you. Uh, well, it's easier to to pick up on other people. I think it's easier to see other people's faults than it is That's your true. own when you're in the middle of doing right. something. Absolutely. Um, what's your favorite aspect of the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off? You know, there's so many, but I think I think seeing the horses in the beginning of the 100 days, uh, when we come down here to pick them up, most of them you can't touch. Uh, they got to kind of be uh, ran around to uh, um, be handled. And then to see them 100 days later, later, you know, carrying a rider, doing things that um, a lot of people probably didn't expect these horses to do. So I think that that's the coolest thing to see the, the transformation of the horses. Yeah, that's, I, honestly, we've been talking, I've been talking with the judges and other competitors, and what they've been telling me is that one of their, one of their favorite things is seeing the relationship, the bond being built between the rider and, and the horse. And how's it going to feel when, when your horse gets auctioned off here that you just spent 100 days with? I yeah. mean, I mean, I get that. that is it bittersweet? It, it is because, you know, I'll miss the horse as far as seeing it every day. Um, but I think the biggest reward for me is knowing that I, that I build a foundation for this horse and I set him up for success. And then, uh, you know, I can still stay in touch with him and he's going get to a, get a good home. He's going to be used as a horse, uh, taken care of. And I, I think that's the more rewarding part rather than, um, you know, having him in, in my barn and just hanging out. Um, so it's, it'll, it'll be nice to see him in a new home. Absolutely. Now, I... I your your freestyle is the only thing that I saw. I, I'll tell everybody I wasn't here for the rest of it, yeah. but your freestyle was great. Thank you. Um, what do you think your chances are this year? You know, I, I can, you come into these things just doing the best you can. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty solid, um, but there's some stiff competition this year, so uh, we gave it our best shot, and uh, we'll, we'll see where we ended up. At the end of the day, you did a good thing anyway, so, I mean, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Well, Adam, best of luck to you. Uh, I, I'm telling everybody best of luck because I don't know who's going to sure. win it, but uh, I, I wish you the best of luck on it, and thanks for taking your time out and spending 100 days training a horse that needed a home. That's my pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, now I'm sitting here with Brianna King, and her horse's name was Keaton. And were you in the professional or amateur division? I was in the amateur division. Amateur division, yep. excellent. And have you had a good time doing this this year? I did. It's definitely a learning experience. This is my second year competing. Um, so I had Delaware last year, and Keaton proved to be a completely different horse than last year. Now, not being a horse person myself, every horse I'm guessing has a different mentality. Oh, they all absolutely. have different personalities. So how do you overcome that? What's the first thing that you do when you start training? a horse get to know the horse see how they react to different things and and behavior towards different things and go from there you can't just throw everything at them and and expect them to take it take it and how did you get involved in the Appalachian trainer face-off um so i know adam black i watched him compete in 2019 i was gonna apply at, for 2019 or I'm sorry, 
that year and I watched him and he tried to convince me to apply the next year and it just wasn't working timing wise and finally the next year I was like yeah I think I can do this. <laughs> and how bittersweet is it that you train a horse for 100 days and then it's going to go to a now when they do an auction I do want to explain this they have an auction at the end of this but it's only to approved homes so people have already been pre-vetted to be able to, to, to purchase the horses here at auction. How does it feel to spend that much time with an animal and then bond with that animal and then watch it go somewhere else because I've watched trainers here buy the horses that they trained. Right so I go in knowing that it doesn't belong to me and it's not going to belong to me. I'm training it for an unknown owner um, and try to make that horse as best that I can for that unknown owner that will adopt them at the end. Awesome and I know you've done this before. I know you, you said this is the second time you competed. Are you going to be bumping up to the professional division next year? That is a good question. Uh, I talked to Sania prior to um, coming back this year because I wasn't sure if they were going to bump me up this year and she said that um, no you have to place in the top three at least twice before they okay. will bump you up so we'll see where I end up this year and if I'll be bumped up next year. Well we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed and I'm telling everybody good luck because I know they're going to be dropping the, uh, the the names here of the winners soon. Yes thank so you. So hopefully you get to go home with that nice shiny new buckle. <laughs> right. Thank you Brianna have a good day. Thanks you too. Alright, we have Avery with us now and she is, uh, her horse's name was Jalapeno. Was he spicy? Is it a boy or a girl horse? It was a boy and, um, you know, he came with quite a few warnings. Apparently he was pretty rough getting onto the trailer and um, coming down to us. We actually weren't able to be there for the pickup, so we were kind of going through proxy and um, he was kind of listed as one of the tougher ones because he was quite feral and hadn't had anyone really try and work with him um, and you know he was spicy at first but it was pretty amazing to me how quickly he realized he wanted to get along and really started to relax and enjoy. Have you found that's pretty typical in the horse world that horses when they when they get over their fear of people that they want a job they want something to do? Yes I do I think a lot of the times people hear feral and it's like so overwhelming to them or you know seems like it'll never get to a same level as a domesticated horse, but I don't find that the case at all. I think sometimes the feral ones are even better because they're a blank slate and they don't have baggage that people that shouldn't have handled them gave them. That's a very, very true statement. I know in anything that you do and when you go to somewhere else, uh, I'll use the military as an example. If you already shoot guns before you go in the military, they hate you. They don't want to have to train you. They want you to have a clean slate. They can train you the way they want to train you. And I guess it's a, that way anywhere you go. Uh, in any walk of life, if if you figured it out on your own, there's someone better than you, you're like, you shouldn't have done that. You should have taken a class. Uh, now, you are engaged to Patrick, who also um, was a co competitor here today. And I think you guys have two of the best horse names out of it, Guinness and Jalapeno. <laughs> I that's, think we lucked out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. Um, so you all came all the way from Texas. And what is your favorite aspect of the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off? I think my favorite part has been the supportive environment. Like I've been to a lot of horse shows where it's just, you know, kind of cutthroat and everyone keeps to themselves. And I think you guys have done such a good job of just creating that support. And all the trainers want each other to do well. And, you know, we didn't know anyone coming into this. And I feel like we now have, you know, 20 new friends that, you know, were generally, you know, rooting for us and just just a really supportive show and that's kind of hard to find so for an up-and-coming trainer uh, in the horse world this would be a good a good spot for them to come to and, and join in the amateur division because what you're telling me right now is, is as I've asked other people it's been a very good networking thing for you all as well correct absolutely yeah we met 
tons of great trainers. We've had people, um, you know, come up to us and ask us about our business that had watched the event. Um, you know, we had got great experience with these horses because they were, you know, challenging and we got to work through that. And, you know, people that do get stuck, they, they have people that will come out and help you. So I think it's absolutely a friendly type of competition like this that to come into and not feel overwhelmed and feel like you need to hit these certain markers because they're very willing to work with you and your horse and it doesn't need to be cookie cutter. That's awesome. Uh, Avery, thanks for coming out here and uh, spending your weekend in West Virginia. Have you ever been to West Virginia before? Is this the first time? Or? Um, I had um, just drove through. I don't think I've actually been here, been here, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty laid back. People are pretty it chill. It is. <laughs> um, but like I said again, thanks for coming out and uh, hopefully, I know you guys are getting married next year and that's what, that's what he was telling me. You yes. might be too busy, but hopefully we see you guys back here in, in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks Thank a lot. You. All right, now we have Caitlin Reese with us and her, she hails from Pawpaw, West Virginia. And her horse's name was Libra, and she was in the pro division. How you doing, Caitlin? I'm doing all right. Awesome. Uh, what was your favorite aspect of coming here and being a trainer for the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off? I just enjoy doing good things for the horses. Um, the networking, all of that is fun. The challenge. Something that something that um people have been telling me is that they really enjoyed the atmosphere absolutely and the support that they've gotten from other trainers from the organization throughout the entire 100-day process absolutely and learning new things new skills um just kind of pushing myself out of my comfort zone is a big thing also okay yeah that's that's a it's a big deal i mean that's how you grow that's that's where growth comes from so we just got done with the award ceremony and we had uh, we had to take a break, so I don't even remember where we were at. But what has been? What I mean, this is awesome. Yes, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually a little bit I'm a little bit uh, flustered now because we just had the, the big award ceremony. Yes, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. But how, I mean, what was it like for you? The whole the whole experience was it amazing? Oh. There's nothing short of amazing. Um, learned a whole lot. I love every time getting the new horses in. I learned something new. They learned something doing good for the horse community. And are you going to do this again? I would love to. Awesome. And you were in the pro division, so we'll hopefully see you back next year. Absolutely. I would love to. Best of luck to you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. As you can hear, we have the auction going on behind us now. The winners have been announced, and we are sitting down with Cole. Colby O'Connor, who was in the amateur division, and her horse's name was Viona. How did you uh, how did you get involved with the Appalachian Trainer Face-Off, Colby? Um, I just seen it through another trainer on Facebook, and I loved watching her. So the next year I decided to put an application, and then I got in, and since then it's like I have a lot of hot horses, a yeah. whole lot of them. Got a lot of them adopted. I really like Party Phoenix, and they're great. And where did you come from? How far did you drive to come to this today? Um, I think it's about three and a half hours away. Uh, we live in LaGrange, Kentucky. Okay, so you're just you're just right over the border over in the uh, our neighbor state. Um, have you found this to be a, a great networking opportunity for you, meeting other trainers and people that are involved in the horse world? Has, is this something that you're going to want to do the rest of your life? Is this oh, yeah. something you're looking 100%. at doing as a career? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Heart of Phoenix has opened up uh, my training. I have people from all over. I've got horses adopted from all over. Uh, I think the farthest one's New Mexico. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, Cochise went to New Mexico. So. And how did you do today? Uh, what did you come in at? Uh, I got reserve champion. So. Oh, yeah, there you go. Place. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really cool. 
And you seem like you're one of the younger trainers here. Mm -hmm. If you don't care, I know it's rude to ask a woman her age. But how, how old are you? I'm 20 years old. 20 years yep. old, and you're already making big, big moves. So that's that's awesome. Congratulations on being reserve champion, and uh, we look forward to seeing you competing again next year. All right, thank you. You're welcome. All right, so sitting with me now, we have the amateur champion Maribeth Harrell with Horse Aladdin. How was the uh, how was the hundred day process for you? Um, you know, this is my fourth year doing this program, so I've really been able to see it through start to finish on a lot of different horses, and rescue horses in general just always been near and dear to my heart. My very first horse was a rescue. I think I've owned eight that we've rescued and brought along, so um, just having another one that you get to see that goes full circle from, you know, being this unwanted, scrawny, ugly horse, you know, to something with a purpose and a job, it just, it never gets old. It is always even more rewarding each time even more so than the last that's awesome and uh, how far did where did you come from to do this competition um, I live in Northeast Indiana so it's about six hours okay it's amazing we've had I've had I've talked to people from California Texas Indiana Kentucky's not really that big a deal it's next door but uh, yeah it's, it's really cool and have you found that this is that it, this has helped your I'm guessing that most people that are training horses are trying to do it as a business model and they're trying to do it for a livelihood. Yeah. Have you found being part of the ATFO has helped your networking and helped you progress in the horse world? Yeah, I think so. I think for a lot of people, especially in like the, I don't know, in the, in the beginning stages of horse ownership, I think it's really important for people to see just how compassionate, you know, a trainer is and, you know, where their heart really is if they are into the horse industry just to make money or uh, if their heart really lies in it and it's their passion and I think this has been a really good platform for me to show just how important the horse's livelihood is to me and that that's always my number one priority I think it's a really good way for me to showcase that and you know and do a lot of good in the process and like I like I said to the uh, listeners earlier they have these trainers have 100 days to train these horses come out here and compete and there's prizes and there's money involved whatever but aside from that <clears throat> You have had, you've said you've done this four times. Yeah, fourth year. And I'm guessing you're going to come back next year as a pro? Yeah, I think they're going to kick me out of amateur. I, um, <laughs> I uh, you know, like I, I've been training horses as, you know, my second job for a lot of years, um, but I've always had a second job. I've never been able to, you know, quit my side job and, and just do this full time. Well, if you continue yes. doing, if so, you continue doing, if you continue doing as well as you're doing now, then you're you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, just uh, a couple weeks ago, I was finally able to put in my notice at, at my other job, and and it's just I don't know. It's it's really cool how it's it's been able to again, you know, come full circle and and do where you know get me to where I want to be and, and have a much greater reach than than what I do now. That's awesome. And and I was talking to Mary Beth earlier. Mary Beth actually listens to my podcast. I do. So, I, mean, I was like, I was like, oh, cool. I have listened to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, podcasts are my thing. Oh, nice. Yeah, me too, obviously. That's why yeah, I, I do them. But, I love um, this. We look forward to seeing you next year, Mary Beth, in the yeah. Pro Division. And uh, best of luck and congratulations on your big win today. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, I'm sitting here with, I believe, the youngest trainer in the in the face-off. And this is Dixie. And her she was in the amateur division, and her horse's name was TikTok. Which I think is very fitting for somebody your age to have a social media horse. Um, is this the first time you've done the ATFO? No, it isn't. How many I, years have you done it? I competed, this is my third year, I think. I had three showcase horses my first year, and then I had TikTok for the youth portion last year. 
Awesome. And uh, how do you how do you feel about? It? I mean, you obviously are going to be a well-renowned horsewoman Thank in a few you. years, and uh, we look forward to seeing what you're going to wind up doing. Uh, Tania talks about you all the time, <laughs> and um, do you believe that this is has helped progress your career? Yes, I'm so thankful for all the stuff that Heart of Phoenix has done for me. I feel like it's really helped me like learn lots of stuff and all their wonderful trainers that have been so nice to me and helpful to me to help me learn and educate myself as much as I can. And I've, I, I, talking to the trainers and talking to uh, all the judges, I've, I've come to the conclusion that this event is one of the nicest events you can go to because everybody is so helpful. That's been that's been kind of a, a theme here, that everybody from Heart of Phoenix and everybody from the ATFO that's not part of Heart of Phoenix, but they're trainers here, they all look out for each other and they help. And what I've noticed is that even the, 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 the competitors help each other set up and take down all the stuff inside of the arena, which I think is really cool. It is. It is awesome. The atmosphere here is absolutely amazing. Everybody's here to help each other, and they're all just super sweet to each other. And it's not like the most competitions that like you're not friends with anybody. Like everybody here is friends and helpful, and all just want to help each other and see you succeed. And that's great. And hundred days with your horse. How does it feel to have to let that horse go when when it goes through auction and gets sold at the end of it? Well, I was really scared, but I'm actually lucky enough that I get to bring TikTok home with me, so I'm super excited oh, about okay. that. So I'm super excited and happy that he gets to come home with me. That's cool. Now, I'm guessing you can't do that every year. No, <laughs> no. But this year was was a uh, was a blessing for you. You got to bring your home your own horse home that you got to train. So, congratulations! Thank and how you. did you do? I know the rankings came out. How did you do in the rankings? So I was in the 365 part of it. So I didn't have a placing necessarily. It okay. was just to start him under saddle, and I had a freestyle, and he did a pretty good job. I'm really proud of him. Awesome. Well, Dixie, keep doing what you're doing, and in a few years, I'm, I'm sure you you won't even be in the pro anymore. You'll probably be judging this thing because you'll be like an international known horsewoman. So, uh, look forward to seeing what you're going to do, and congratulations. Thank you. And last but not least, we have the president of Heart of Phoenix Equine Rescue, Tania Creamer, and she puts on the Appalachian Trainer face-off with her group of volunteers. How did this? How was this year in comparison to years in the past? Well, I think this year, the surprising thing for me is that even though we are in a recession, and I was anticipating lower than usual adoption fees and lower numbers of adoptions, that we actually have seen even an increase in the average fee this year from last year. And so that was surprising and certainly needed uh, when obviously donations and things are down to see that people are every year coming coming back to adopt and being willing to bid higher and higher fees. So to get a $15,000 adoption fee just blew my mind in the middle of you know the economy being like it is. Um, one of the themes that has come out between the trainers and the judges is that They've been, all these people have been to numerous horse shows, they've been to numerous competitions, or watched numerous competitions, and one of the things that they're saying is, this is their favorite one because everybody's so helpful. And they, they referenced you and talked about the culture that you've built here and how everyone just wants to see everybody be successful. Well, I, and I, I hear that all the time when we do this, and that no matter how big it's gotten, that has not changed and has just continued. Um, it's certainly the the culture I wanted to cultivate. So I talked about it even when I was out there, you know, announcing that you know you look for the helpers and and just set a standard that expects people to want to help everyone else and to be there for the right reasons. And it's nice to see that that actually continues to 
to um, grow and, and never like lessen year to year. And that's great. Uh, you have done a big thing here. It's a big thing, not just for your organization. I think this is a big thing for the entire horse world and for the state of West Virginia. You put them, you put them on the map in the horse world, which I think is, when you think of West Virginia, I don't think a lot of people think of horses. No, they definitely don't. And so I, I've always said, you know, um, to make something stand out in a place where everyone kind of ignored it even existed has been you know, one of my prouder moments. And to make people that travel all over the United States or the world doing things like, say, Patrick King, that he shows up here year after year and is impressed, um, just says a lot about all the trainers and volunteers and the adopters and, and everybody that just are determined to make sure this event turns out well every single year and so this is the first time that I actually feel like I'm not totally exhausted and ready to, to uh, go to bed at the end of it so that speaks to how much it also has evolved in the smoothness that we finally have gotten for something of this size so that's no credit to me it's all the administrators well I will that say this <laughs> you being my wife and me being here every single year I will say how smooth it runs gets better every single year. I mean, I remember the first year you were still doing the auction, I think, at 1 a.m. Yes, and I, ending and it's not even dark um, has, has been, and it'll, you know, just learning things and always being willing to go back to the table and recognize what you did wrong and, and really sincerely wanting to improve. And I think that probably plays a role in why people keep coming back and they they do work hard to help everybody else as they know there's that sincere desire to, to reflect on the event and see what can we do better, what can we do better, how do we change it, and never leaving it and being, you know, arrogant at the success of it, but always, always the first question saying, well, that, that could be better, and so how do we do that? And I think that's why we're here today, and it's ending um, before it's dark. And while you didn't get to hear it, uh, you did reference Patrick King, and Patrick King wanted wanted everybody to know that every year he comes back here, it's better. It's better every year, and he says every year you and other volunteers from the rescue ask him, what can we do to make your experience better? What can we do to make the entire experience for everybody better? And he, his, his response was, nothing. What you're doing is amazing. So be proud of that. Um, I was listening to a motivational speaker the other day, uh, riding around in my truck, and he talked about the 5% of people. You're definitely a 5%er. You're one of the people that will take risks and you will make big things happen. So congratulations and all your success and what you've done here. And you are making a big difference in the state of West Virginia for not just horses, but for trainers and for other people as well. So thank you for what you do and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> This is John. This has been the uh, the this is the culmination of the special episode for the Appalachian Trainer Faceoff. Um, it's an amazing event in Winfield, West Virginia. If you'd like to check out Heart of Phoenix Equine Rescue, you can find them on Facebook or Instagram. Just type in Heart of Phoenix Equine Rescue. Uh, they got plenty of merchandise you can purchase as well, and they do. They have got a great mission, and they do great work right here in the hills of Appalachia. This is John with Grunts in Appalachia. Grunts and Appalachia out.